gentlemen, boys and girls. We welcome you back to the 500 Mile Podcast. My name is Justin Kolb alongside Michael Skinner. Michael got some craziness this weekend, got a lot to talk about. Um, we'll uh, we'll dive into it, but it was uh, a pretty insane weekend, to say the least. Yeah, uh, you know, I think we saw some good speed, uh, super speeder racing at times, and then we saw a little bit of NASCAR kind of showing their ass a little bit on, on some of the decision makings, um, especially with more news about the way the injuries um, and how hard the hits are going in the next gen car, which we'll talk about later on. But, um, you know, I it was an up and down uh, weekend, especially, um, which is typically how Super Speedway kind of goes is, is up and down. But uh, I would say, you know, yes, they say it was 50-50 between being a good race and a bad race. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's uh, get into the Xfinity race here. I mean, it was a pretty good race to begin with, and then it got a little silly at the end. And then we went into 18 laps of overtime. And that's as soon as we went into overtime, that's about when I lost my patience because the wrecks just kept getting sillier and sillier. And a lot of them uncalled for, really. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we all kind of expected it was going to be a little crazy uh, with it being. Uh, the last race of the playoffs for the last race for the you know uh, for the cup guys but uh, you know it's it's a wild card for the Xfinity guys just as much also to get into the playoffs um, you know as we've seen so you kind of expected a little bit of it I don't think that it was really anything out of the ordinary from uh, from honestly my opinion especially the way super speed racing have been going for the past two or three years, um, you know, and then typically when we see rainouts, uh, you know, and races start well past 11 o'clock, we typically see some some pretty uh, aggressive moves and, and quite a few wrecks, to be honest. Yeah, and I mean, good on NASCAR for getting that race in because, I mean, they could have very well postponed it till the next day, maybe um, Monday, you never know, but... Um, it is good that they got it in. I know for a lot of the East Coast fans, it was very late. So for them staying up, kudos to you. For me, it wasn't that bad. I think at like 10 o'clock. So it was, I went uh, to sleep. Yeah, it was a breeze for me, I will say. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, we got our first taste, I guess, of what we were going to see this weekend there. Um, you know, like I said, the wrecks just kept – it was odd because they kept – they kept getting sillier and sillier, and I don't really understand why. Because you had some of the the top guys that were running the best in that race, kind of cause some of those at the end there. I know Noah wasn't, um, you know, he was up there most of the day. Had arguably the best car of the race got taken out there at the end, along with all the other good cars. It was uh, that's kind of what set it up for the feel good story there at the end with all the, um, you know, the under budget guys, but. The fact or the the path on how we got there, I think, is what you really need to look at. And um, just I think I'm going to get into this a lot more when we get into the cup side. But just moves, wrecks that didn't need to happen, that were silly. Um, I get it's the end of the race, but I mean, I don't know. It was it's just it's tough to see this every time, quite literally every time we go to a super speedway at this point. And I guess you can. I don't know. I guess Atlanta is included in the super speedway bracket. If it isn't now it is. So there you go. 
affixed. And those who know, know. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, super speedway racing, you know, it, and there are still guys that, that are really, really good at super speedway racing that just have that knack for it. But with the amount of winners that we've had probably in the past three or so years on super speedways, it's really kind of been a toss up, um, which is really what everybody thinks of a super speedway is anyways the wild card but if you look back through history super speedway used to be a team advantage racetrack it used to be uh you know drivers who understood the draft who were good at that you know it's look at look at the multi-time winners that we have at super speedways uh you know and and it's not like they're just in like the one or two bracket uh you know we're in double digits for some of these guys and even uh you know brad kozlowski is up there as well so Super speed racing used to be an art form. I'm not sure it really is anymore. I think it's more, uh, honestly, just getting lucky, missing one or two wrecks, uh, you know, here and there. I mean, heck, look at Austin Dillon went from 16th to first, uh, you know, in, in that one area. So I kind of expected maybe a little bit better this weekend, honestly, from the Xfinity Series guys, like I said, with it not being a cutoff race. But this is basically some of those guys' last chance to win. So we saw, you know, just some odd things. You know, you don't typically see Justin Allgaier spin people off the front of his nose. Uh, you know, we saw that kind of twice. So I don't know. I think with the rain delay, it kind of just made him sit there brewing for a little bit. And I think it made the race turn out to be what it was. And then NASCAR just, you know, basically fumbled it by just throwing that caution, you know, 10 seconds, you know, too late or 10 seconds too early, depending on how you want to look at it. But uh yeah, I, when there wasn't crashing, there was pr pretty good racing, but that the pretty good racing and the aggressiveness is what led to the crashes, ultimately. As it usually does, yeah. I think that is part of my issue, um, what you pointed out, is, as you said, speedway racing used to be an art. There used to be action. I don't, I don't want to say actual talent, because that's not the proper way to say it, but, I mean, there was a technique to it. There was an art form to it, and I mean, that's all but now lost at this point because you're pretty much just hook up with whoever, whatever manufacturer works best for you, and um, I guess you can't really push in that series. You can't really lock bumpers, which I really don't understand why we have that yeah, still. I, I understand yeah, for it, for some of you that may not know, that was put in place back in the tandem drafting days because the Xfinity cars were doing that same exact thing where they would lock bumpers and they would tandem up together. I don't know that that's as much of an issue as it was or as it is now. So um, I don't know that that really needs to be a rule anymore. Yeah, but... I, we just honestly, we just need to let them race however they want to race, however they, yeah, you know, want to race. If NASCAR wants to implement things that stop that, then, you know, do a better job. Because that's another, you know, we could go on weeks and weeks and weeks and talking about NASCAR's decision making and, when they make a decision and when they penalize somebody and we'll get that, you know, with, with Jeremy Clemens here, but um, you know, when it comes to discretionary thing, NASCAR is just, just doofuses about it. So, you know, as far as that's concerned, that's just let them, let them race. Why are we patrolling who they're pushing and why they're pushing and how hard they're pushing that, yeah. that just, that just seems also silly. Yeah. So um, that's my take on that, but also, um, I mean, yeah, Jeremy Clements ended up with the victory there, um, but unfortunately got a slap in the face with an L2 penalty. Um, I'm going to see if I can pull up all the information on what 
went along with that. But um, Michael, I guess before we get into that, that caution at the end, that kind of, I mean, I don't know. It was sort of a sour taste in my mouth. You waited all that time to get the cars out on the track. You do all those overtime laps and just to end it like that. I mean, for Riley Herb spinning down almost a pit road, he did start coming back up the track, but I mean, it was at the point where everybody, the pack was so small, they all passed him at that point. Like, he wasn't going to be in harm's way. I don't really understand why it needed to be thrown in the first place. If you waited that long, wrecked that many cars to try and get a good finish at that point, why not just let him race? Like, there's nothing more you're going to lose at that point. There's no, there's not going to be a wreck with Riley. Everybody's by him at that point. Yeah, you know, you, you kind of already made your bed with, you know, what happened throughout the race. Uh, you know, but there's a situation of NASCAR putting themselves in a bad spot by... You know, earlier in the year, uh, you know, that that the dude in the truck series race threw the caution within milliseconds, you know. And then this, you know, it's, it's I try not to look at it, you know, skeptical and I try not to look at it as NASCAR manipulating the way things finish and the way things are. I try not to look at that. But when a car crosses the start finish line and the caution, as soon as he crosses it, the caution the caution comes out after the guy had already wrecked right he was heading towards pit road there could have been you know what if that that car could have not stopped that car could have done a lot of things and we weren't going to call cause a caution for it until he started coming back up you know what i'm saying like if we're going to throw a caution we need to throw a caution and not play favorites this isn't a road course it's not like he's stuck in a gravel trap type of deal um you know it's just it just some of this like they just honestly I, I i don't know i don't know how to how to really like voice it and and put it in the way that you know i want to it's just it's frustrating when you see those types of things and you know again we'll kind of see it later on with the jeremy clement saying and then uh, you know it's the same thing on sunday nascar you know I, I would almost I would almost feel better sometimes if NASCAR just didn't explain the decision on why they did stuff because it would make them look less stupid. And that's the last yeah, that's the last thing that's I'll say about point. that. But you know, it, it's true. They say so Very many much. things and then they immediately go back and say, Oh, no, we're gonna do it this way. But you just contradicted yourself. Yeah. You know, we <laughs> okay. And this is and like you said, this is and this is the part that frustrates me about it, right? So was it a good finish to the Xfinity race? Yes. I mean, there was so little cars left, kind of like on Sunday. It, you know, it wasn't gonna be a spectacular finish, right? And as Jeremy Clinton's a good story winning, yes, that that's all fine and well, but you waited and you didn't start the race until what, like 130, it seemed like. I don't I don't know the actual time, eleven, ten, whatever. I think it was close uh, for here, that, yeah. I think it was like eleven. I think it was like eleven fifteen Eastern when they finally took the green flag again. You waited all that time. Went went through eighteen caution laps, right? Ran the race until like one thirty a.m. You know, two o'clock uh, in the morning over here on the East Coast for it to finish with a questionable caution. And that's how you want to finish that. After all the praise that you got for wanting to finish this race, wanting to put the show on for the for for the fans and for the broadcast partners. That's how you're going to finish it. Like, that's how you're going to finish it. You're going to do that. Like, that's just what makes me scratch my head. All of that, and that's how you're going to do it. I don't know. Just stupid. And that's a part of what makes it so frustrating, too. Because, I mean, 
go through all that effort just for that. So, um, yeah. So Jeremy Clements was the winner on well was um, he got hit with an L two penalty. Um, I don't really know what the I guess the intake manifold didn't conform to NASCAR's standards. Um, basically, the team, uh, his crew chief, Mark Setzer, was fined $60,000, and the team was assessed a loss of 75 owner points, driver points, and 10 playoff points um, should it still qualify for the regular season. So essentially, the win stands, everything else that goes along with it, all the cool stuff, the guaranteed playoff spot, everything like that was taken away. So um, he won't get into the playoffs with that but i mean it's still his second win of his career technically so we're back to yeah, i guess still good for the team yeah i guess we're back to the encumbered status i don't i don't know this is another one and like as soon as, as soon we, as i saw it as soon as i saw it like it's just really quick it's it's just frustrating because we started this year at least on the cup side, I don't know so much about the Xfinity side. I don't know if we've gotten to that point yet, but we started the year out pretty much taking wins away from teams. Like we, we've set that standard and now it seems like we're going back to what we were doing years before. It doesn't, we're, we're backtracking again. Listen, I actually had to have alcohol to talk about this because I was so frustrated. I'm not kidding. Like it, what, are you, what are you drinking over there? Is that truly? Oh uh, no, it's, some mojito thing uh, that my that my mother brought me um but i figured tonight was a good enough night to try it with all my frustration call. so and this is this is the part that makes you far it's it's almost it's like double it's like double-sided here right so oh we did this whole shebang about how uh jeremy clemens in in the playoffs this this and that didn't hear nothing didn't hear nothing those cars are all broken down right so then you take it back to the R&D center, you find something wrong with it, and you don't take the win away, you just give them a penalty and say, oh, you can't be in the playoffs? Why? Like, you know, honestly, why? Just give them a penalty, let them be in the playoffs at that point, right? Or you take the win away. You can't be half. We can't 50-50, right? That's such bullshit. We, we can't 50-50 something. What was it, four weeks ago at Pocono, we took away first and second place, the winning points, you know, the trophy for tape. for a piece of tape, for a piece of tape that was literally written into the rule book the week before. But we're going to take a win, a piece of tape, a piece of tape, we're going to take the win away. But we're, for a modified engine part, we're, we're going to let him keep the win, we're just not going to let him be in the playoffs? Why fucking bother? Why? Ah, oh, it's just so frustrating. The things that they do just frustrate me. I would have rather, I would have rather just him lost the win. I know it would have sucked for him and sucked for his team because at the end of the day, they did earn it. They finished all the laps. But like, come on, like it's so stupid. It's so dumb. You know, I don't know. I just it's I stupid. It's like it's just you can't. You can't have it both ways, right? It's the old saying, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can't take away wins when you want to and not take away wins when you want to because it makes a good story. But ultimately, NASCAR kind of screwed themselves over in the long run if we're going to talk about manipulation. 
right? Why even call it a penalty? Why even really call it? Just let the just let the guy win the race, right? It makes a good story. No, they couldn't even do that. You know, like they couldn't even manipulate right. Ugh. Oh, it's just the pain, the pain I feel and frustration for stupidity. Oh, Justin, and I, I, I know, and I know that you feel it, and I know that a lot of a lot of NASCAR fans feel it too. Is it, NASCAR sometimes just leaves you scratching your head, wondering just why. Like, it sometimes just can't be that difficult. You know, yeah. and they just constantly seem to make the poor decision. Like, I just, you know, and, and I think the thing with me is, like, we're, we live in a world right now where we are driven by perspective, right? You shop at a certain grocery store because of perspective. You you go to a, you know, certain football team, super a certain uh, basketball team, right? But because of a certain perspective, right? That's your home team, this, this, and that. You know, you know, and I'll, I'll talk about it later too, right? Is But we're driven off, you know, how you perceive things, right? Friday night, I think you, you can, you and I can sit here and say, as soon as that caution came out, it kind of perceived like, okay, NASCAR just wanted this guy to win before AJ Allmendinger got to him. Because that's what was going to happen. You know, yeah. like he was out there by himself. The 16 was pushing the 13. We all know that the 16 car was probably going to end up winning that race. I mean, right. There was some help behind that could have gotten the mix too. We won't know obviously now, but I mean that that could have been a very good finish. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and but you know, again, you look at the caution and you're just scratching your head, like why? And then you try to make an, and then try people try to make arguments of, oh, Herbs was coming back up on the racetrack. Okay, but then why didn't you throw the caution before? If he was in, if he was that out of control that he couldn't control his car from going back up on the racetrack. Why was the caution not thrown before? Why was it just conveniently thrown as soon as they took the white flag? Just like I brought up the truck race earlier earlier in the year that Zane Smith, Smith won. It's just extremely convenient that that dude had the fastest finger to throw that yellow flag. You know, it just, it kind of reminds me of just the all-star race crap again. Yeah. Well, I think my final thing on that is going to be i get their different series but i mean it kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth if we're officiating one series one way and then yeah why another is it series another there shouldn't really be any differences in the way you assess those penalties it should be the same so i don't know it's they're gonna do what they want but i mean ultimately they made some pretty bad decisions i feel on saturday and sunday but we're gonna we'll get into sunday here in just a minute we got anything we want to talk about saturday wise i guess friday night saturday morning wise oh no i will I say mean, it was pretty cool the fact that they drove the cars out onto the the track from I the garage cool. i know they did it really because of time but i mean that was that was a pretty cool thing to see people compared it a lot to um the, uh, the clash and and the clash because they drove yeah. them out the same way and that I went to the Clash. Obviously, I didn't go to Daytona. It did have that same feel, so it was pretty cool. I, I would say, um, you know, I have been fortunate enough to walk those garages at Daytona, uh, you know, quite a bit over the years, uh, and it's really, really cool to see those cars, um, you know, come out of there the way that they do. So, um, I, I think if we, if we aren't going, I think it would be a neat addition um, that. They should do more often and 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 make it a regular thing because 
it it is almost like you know gladiators entering the arena you know i think one place would be extremely cool would be you know kind of like bristol you know bristol's last great coliseum you know have them pull out of the garage but it's just something about daytona the way that they funnel onto the the pit road i think is what makes uh what makes it so cool for sure all right let's get into some results here i'll change so you can see like magic and then they are jeremy clements your winner only led three laps en route to victory on I, I guess i'll just say saturday um after starting ninth so pretty good starting spot for him as well um as you can see there the laps completed 118 that was a uh that was a race for sure we'll say that uh timmy hill ended up coming home in second aj allmendinger in third leading four laps his comments at the end of the race were quote i fucking hate this place so anytime this isn't for quote, but uh, pretty much any time I can walk out of here feeling my arms and legs, he feels good about it. So that just kind of tells you the tone that was set on Saturday. Brandon Brown came home in fourth, led a lap. Sage Karam in fifth. Ryan Vargas sixth. Ty Gibbs in seventh. Alex LeBay in eighth. JJ Ailey in ninth. Kyle Sieg in tenth. Somehow Jesse Awuji pulled a top. 11 out of his ass and finished 11th and had a sponsor he did he was sponsored by coca-cola why so, i really don't know so they could so so he that <sighs> you just you don't don't think about it too much it's okay don't so, think about it too much. i don't know i just i just want to point this out right so earlier in the race they were talking about how brandon brown if he won the race and made the playoffs that he had sponsorships lined up that would jump on only if he made the playoffs and won the race, right? But yet we have Coke that's going to sponsor a guy that got beat by wrecked race cars at a place where you're flat out and it takes aerodynamic and engines. And we know that car's not slow. Uh, but yeah, the guy, the guy that's trying to make the playoffs and was in the playoffs before then somehow can't can't get a sponsor i don't know what to uh, tell you this oh i dude my my only hope is that this tv deal works out for everybody like i, I honestly i don't i don't know i don't know what else because if we keep going down the sponsorship model i, I don't i don't know how many teams are really going to be able to exist i mean money money eventually does run out no matter how much you do have yeah. Uh. All right. You uh, you want to get into uh, the Sunday shit show we saw? No. Well, we kind of have to. <laughs> uh, I know. I know you're extremely excited about this. I, it's just it's, about it. It's just more frustration, man. Like tenfold what we saw at Xfinity. It's just yeah. It's I, the same. <laughs> It's the same shit. It, it's a, it's the same shit that they've done all year. It's the same shit that they've done for the past couple of years. They just keep showing their foot up their ass, you know, and they just it keeps getting worse. Ah, uh, you I know. Wanna, uh, I want to get on a soapbox here real quick. And just the fact that we're driving a GT3 car on the ovals, it's built for stock cars. Oh, it doesn't crash well. Oh. I want to I wanna just get a few things off my chest here, and then I'm going to open the floor wide open for you. So let me just get it all out here. Um, 
first off, a lot of people were saying that, you know, before the rain, that race was great. I would argue against that just because, I mean, as we mentioned before, the Speedway racing lost its art form. I mean, before we got this new car, but we lost it even further with this new car. When you see people dicing it up like that, sure, it looks great, but, I mean, you kind of know that wreck is coming. Should the rain not have come, I still feel like that wreck was coming within the next five to ten laps with how hard they were racing and, of course, the intensity picking up because of the finish was coming and the rain. But the rain, I think, is what gets me the most because, A, we did this last year with New Hampshire, and I have a quote from Denny Hamlin from Twitter. Um, Nick Bromberg asked Denny Hamlin from his tweet that he sent out about some of the recommendations that he was talking about on how we could fix this. Um, He said, quote, were there any race control changes implemented that you know of uh, after New Hampshire last year? Denny Denny Hamlin responded with, quote, I haven't heard of any. How? How does that happen? How does that happen? How do we let the same thing happen again? And this time worse. You're at Daytona when you know you can pile them up because everybody's on top of each other in a car where people have been complaining about the hits hurting we have a guy sitting out with a concussion because of it. And he's I'll not even back in the car yet. It's so bad. Why. The concussion is so bad that they had to swap guys just to get the owner's championship. Just to have a, you know, have an opportunity at the owner's championship. Hang on, Michael. I'm not done. Because that part really annoys me. The fact that we never learned anything from New Hampshire. We let it happen again. We knew the rain was coming. You can see on the onboards of those cars how dark the sky is. And we wait until the track is wet? Until we wait until they're wrecking in turn one to throw the caution? Like, I know as race fans, we don't want to stop the race for anything. But when you look on those cameras and see that sky that dark, maybe we should stop it for a little bit. Not to, you know, end the race, but let it pass. At least it's on top of you. You know it's coming. It's at the beach, they were saying. It was like a few miles away. It was about to get here. Don't wait, especially at a super speedway. Don't wait until the rain comes on the racetrack because you're going to get shit exactly like you saw there with, what, 25 laps to go? Everybody wrecking in one because it just randomly popped up? Oh, where did that come from? It's not like we knew it was coming from fucking 20 miles away or wherever it was. Like, we knew this was coming. Don't put your drivers in this situation in a car where people have already been complaining about how the hits hurt more because you know that's going to happen. You know what's coming. And it's just so frustrating, the fact that we had the same exact thing happen last year, and we've learned absolutely nothing from it. I hope these drivers continue to be vocal about how hard the hits are with this car and how shit it is taking these hits. We need that vocalness in the garage area. We need fucking NASCAR to learn something about this. It's just frustrating because a guy that everybody loves in the garage area is sitting out and is probably not going to finish this season because of the hits that he's been taking. The fact that he's been up to about 80% and is plateaued at this point with the concussion symptoms. It's just so frustrating that NASCAR keeps stepping on their fucking heels every... It seems like every week that we let this happen and I'm just... I'm tired of it because we don't learn anything. We keep doing the same shit. And I'm tired of speedway racing in general if we're just going to let stuff like that happen. I'd rather just get taken off the fucking schedule entirely. I don't, because I don't know what we can do about that. Because you're going to get stuff happening exactly like that every time. I'm sure that's what the fans want, but what do you want? You want everybody to get concussions? What do we need? Chase Elliott to get a concussion before we fucking do something about this? 
I'm tired of it. I'm over it. Michael, go ahead. Uh, I'll I'll give you a simple explanation of why nothing has changed, why they will do nothing from here on out. A NASCAR is not wrong. Uh, they yes. are not ones to admit that they made a mistake. They are not ones to implement changes fast enough to put it into light. Uh, we had, you know, and to put this on to a somber note, but it goes back to the whole Chase Elliott thing. There were there were three deaths within a year of each other with vascular skull fractures, and NASCAR didn't implement anything right to make it mandatory until we lost uh, a senior, right? And then it became an uproar with the fans. You know, and is that really the situation that we want to get back into? Like you said, with Chase. That's what scares me the most about this whole situation. It seems like we're going, it's deja vu. And it's it's the same. It's the same mistakes. They, we got, we got extremely, extremely lucky. Um, I'm not, I, you know, I don't, I don't know how close this car is really to killing somebody or to physically hurting them. Um, but the way that all those cars turned on, uh, you know, on, on Sunday there, anything, anything possibly could have went wrong. And I think that's the part that makes me at least so frustrated about it is that, okay, yeah, you can say, you can say, okay, yeah, before that, the racing racing was pretty good. They were aggressive. They were making aggressive moves. Was it silly? Was it stupid? Was it, you know, were they not, you know, they don't fear the consequences. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's, that's it. So if you want to say it was good racing, yeah, they were, they were three wide. They were pushing. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure that it it's pretty entertaining, but then we saw that three wide turn into a three wide accident going into one at 195 miles an hour. And by the grace of God, no car got upside down, right? No car flipped. No car got launched into the air. One car got on its side. So I guess, if anything, you know, we're lucky, but yeah, we're, we're, what happens if that car gets hit by another car and we have another Ryan Newman situation, but we're in a corner. What happens then? You know, we're only going to get lucky so many times, right? You wait, we only get so many warnings. And then not to put it on a somber note, but, you know, it, all it takes is that one. All it takes is that one to change a perspective. And I don't want to get to that one. I'm sure the car in the grand aspect of things is safe, but we don't need drivers losing their careers because of concussions. Uh, you know, just simple things like that can, I'm sure, be fixed, right? The fact is is nascar going to do something about it and how quickly will they do something about it they can't do anything about it next about it this year but i expect day one next next year to have a finished product of a change that was implemented to make the hit softer and i think you and i would both agree that that's all we expect right we don't expect them to have a change tomorrow right but day one daytona speed weeks next year there needs to be a fix all... Because we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't just, we, we want to keep changing racetracks into super speedways, right? We're talking about changing Texas into a super speedway. Thankfully, we're not talking about turning California into a super speedway, right? But we, we just increase the danger by two. How many more are we going to do it to? Because it creates fan engagement by the big accident and the crashes. That's not racing, people. That's not racing. What we see at super speedway racing is not racing. It is a gimmick to keep cars close together. Right? That's why it was created. 
it, it was created it, it it was created you know back in the day for the high speeds right we started adding stuff to it well now well, now we don't really care about the high speed so much now we care about pack racing we hated tandem racing because they were too spread out we didn't see big accidents well now we got the big accidents back so you're welcome all i want from nascar at this point is an acknowledgement i understand wholeheartedly <laughs> that we cannot change anything overnight i know that this is not something that's easily fixable i just want to know that you acknowledge it and that something is in place because all we've heard from the drivers is that they're not listening so that's that's another point of frustration with that is when you have drivers lives on your hands and it's like you don't even care about it like what sort of picture does that paint well like i said i mean are you really surprised like in all, in all honesty are you surprised i mean no but i'm tired of not being surprised at this point it's it's frustrating now at this point again as i said when you have a guy sitting out that's just about ready to come back had to sit out because he had a a relatively medium hit at Pocono but every other wreck this season has caused him to sit out that's the most frustrating part about it and again I fear especially with everything that we saw on onboards this weekend all the radios we heard Denny Hamlin especially like it's it hurt you can Wallace. hear it in their voice yeah Bubba Wallace yeah. got hit in the rear he didn't get he wasn't spun out or anything like that, but he got hit in the rear and he was complaining about how hard that hurt or how bad that hurt. Like what that should be an indication enough that the car was still rolling and the man's complaining that he got hurt from getting hit in the rear. I don't, I don't get it. I just, again, I know that nothing can be fixed overnight. I just want to know that we acknowledge it and that we care about these drivers that, you know, you're already putting out in that dangerous situation. So um, there just needs to be more accountability with that. So that's that's all I can hope for is that, like you said, that Good Daytona luck. 2023, something is implemented. I, I, I Again, I know nothing is going to happen this year. I just need to know that something is going to happen, that something is in place, something is being researched for this. Because, again, everything that we've heard, Especially with Kevin Harvick today, if you heard his quotes, it sounds like they don't give a shit whatsoever. And that's not the way that it should be when you're talking about driver safeties. When you, 20 years ago, I guess 21 years ago, lost a guy and went whole full bore into safety, why why are we going backwards now? I mean, look, the, what people considered the ugliest car was created out of, out, of, out of necessity for safety, right? They didn't care what it looked like as long as it was safe. Uh, you know, that would, and it gave us a COT, you know, and to hear that, to hear them say that, especially from Harvick, you know, the, the guy's been in the sport for, you know, 20 years, 22 years at this point, you know, to hear him say that it's, it's tough because you don't, I don't think you say things like that unless if that's really how you feel, you know, um, so, so it's tough in that, in that aspect, just, yeah, just just to kind of lose all that progress. And like I said, I'm not saying that the car is going to go out and kill somebody next week or the next super speedway. But if it's ending somebody's career, right? You're you're still killing their career. It's it's still, yep. you know, it's still relevant just because it's not uh yeah, I don't know. It's 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 tough to hear those guys be so disappointed I think in the, their own sanctioning body. That, like I said, I hope this TV deal changes things. I hope that the TV deal allows the teams to have more power and more say so 
because you know like i said i said it months ago when when the the, the car first came out you know this is based off a gt3 platform it races like a gt3 car but we're putting on ovals to where we're doing 190 plus to where we're hitting each other right you're basing that off a road course technology that you're trying to adapt to ovals you know i i just the car looks fantastic right the car races really, really good at mile and a half but there's so many flaws in this car other than just a safety but the safety should be top priority but there's so many flaws above that that those need we need to we need to have december or you know sorry january or february february Daytona 2023. These things need to be addressed. Problems needs to be fixed. I I'm tired. I, I don't know. I don't know if you care about it, Justin, but it bothers a shit out of me. I'm tired of seeing a race car with a nose up in the air and it's back in on the ground, looking like one of those trucks that are illegal in North Carolina. Looks you know, like the old uh, cars from NASCAR Inside Line is what it looks like. Eh, well. A bit. But you know what? Like, I, no, I, like I, I car, get you. Yeah. My whole point is that that car is physically flawed. It was flawed from day one. It's been flawed. And drivers have said that it's flawed. And NASCAR still continued on without listening to one, drivers, two, the safety aspect of it. Right? It's still hard to get parts. Dude, what are we doing? And, and then we're going to wreck them in the rain. And we're just. <laughs> I think it's just a, you know, a. It's an addition to everything that we've seen so far this year, right? That everybody's kind of looked over it because, yeah, some of the racing has been really good. Even you and I have said some of the racing has been really good. Oh, we've had 15 different winners. Okay, that's great, right? But we've had 15 different winners because the car is garbage. And that's and that's 100% my honest opinion. We've had so many winners and so many different winners because this car is a piece of shit. One week it's good, the next week it's terrible. To me, that you can't crown a champion like that. You can't crown a champion based off how the car performs. I, I guarantee you that some of these guys could go back to the same racetrack the next day, and that car would probably be worse than it was the day before, or better than the day it was before. You know, so I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't know, but I, I'm right there with you. You know, it's, it, we have to see some change. And it needs to be it needs to be progressive change. It can't just be, oh, you know, it's something we'll look at. We'll look at the data. Oh, the the, you know, the hits aren't that hard. They're only registering, you know, three Gs compared to this race wreck last year that was five Gs. That's probably the most care. frustrating part about that. I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about numbers. I care about what the driver says. If the driver's like, hey, this shit hurts, I don't care if your numbers says that it doesn't hurt. Apparently, your numbers are wrong because people aren't numbers. Yeah. So yeah, I just well yeah, said. it's yeah, it's frustrating. You know, I, I'm I'm like I said, I'm I'm right there with you in it because it's just blatant disregard for a lot of things, and it's because that NASCAR is trying to search for this mystical fan that wants to watch 100 lap races on a Sunday afternoon at three o'clock. You know, and that'll spend, you know, a hundred dollars on, you know, a NASCAR shirt, never go to an actual racetrack because they don't care that much, you know, type of thing. So I think 
And my biggest and my biggest thing is I think North Wicksboro this weekend showed that what happens if you get a fan base behind you. Right. Look at look at those people that gathered there just to see junior race. Right. NASCAR used to have a similar fan base. They don't anymore. They don't have that kind of pull. NASCAR couldn't have went to North Wilkesboro and I think had a bigger show than just Dale Hart Jr. did. And I think that's saying something. I think when 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 you can have when you can have a driver that's physically bigger than your whole sport, then I think your sport is headed in the wrong direction. agreed all right i think i got it all out of my system are you good yeah all right let's uh let's get into the results i guess um it's probably just the funniest because i mean we all knew that austin dillon was probably gonna win i even tweeted it i was like all that for an austin dillon win with the uh, when the rains came down and i mean kudos to nascar for not giving up on that track again you started it earlier not early enough you had all the time in the world to finish it so good for them um especially the fact that it was the or the final race of the regular season i still don't think that that needs to be daytona i know exactly why they're doing it but i don't think it needs to be that but whatever um kudos to them for not just giving up they very well could have i thought they were going to but they didn't so kudos to them I guess that's the only kudos kudos I'll give. Uh, but Austin Dillon was your winner in the end. Shuck up the uh, playoff brackets and knocked Martin Truex out. So um, Crazy to think a guy that was, what, fifth in points, fourth in points. Gets knocked out by a guy who's going to be out in the round of 16. So I think I'm calling it now. Quick, quick, quick opinion. I thought about this the other day. I think that you should have to be inside the top 20. Not inside the top three. Probably top like, 25. No, top, top 20. 20. Tw- top 20 is, well. Yeah, you still don't right. fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All there. right. Yeah, never mind. Never mind. Yeah, all right. You don't deserve to be there. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Like, we can't. I, sw- I swear to God, if if for 10 straight fucking weeks, if Austin Dillon gets lucky and has a chance to win a championship, I hope, I hope the person he beats is Chase Elliott. Because it'll be so funny. I will die laughing. Because I'll be pissed, but Chase Elliott fans will be pissed, and that'll be, it'll be like the perfect, it'll be the only time we ever agree. That's the only time you can make real change happen, is when you get Chase Elliott fans upset. It's exactly. sad to say, but it's the truth, so. Um, but yeah, Austin Dillon was your winner. Tyler Reddick was not going to win that race. He finished second. We all knew what his goal was, so no surprise there. Austin Sindrick got bumped out of the way and finished third, led 13 laps. Landon Castle finished fourth, a career best for him. Noah Gragson in fifth. Uh, I don't know that that was a career best finish for him, but I do know these next few were. Cody Ware in sixth, that was a career best finish. BJ McLeod in seventh. Martin Truex Jr. in eighth. Um, I would argue, because that wreck wasn't that bad that he was involved in that first one, but when the uh, the tire popped that knocked his fender off, and then I know he had a parachute in the back, there wasn't, he even said it, there wasn't much that you can do because, A, those cars don't draft very well to begin with. Um, pretty much once you lose it, you're gone. Um, so it was a bit of a shame for him for your whole season to come down to that. So, um, But anyways, David Reagan finished in ninth. Kyle Busch finished 10th. I didn't really – oh, yeah, that's right. He came back out, but that car was not going to go anywhere with the front-end damage. Uh, Bubba Somehow. Wallace. That's, yeah. there, well, he, there. You know there was only 11 cars on the lead lap. 
10 cars on the lead lap. I believe it, yeah, of how small that front pack was. Bubba Wallace finished 11th, um, and, I mean, we can go down the list here a little bit. I guess Ty Gibbs 13th, Brian Blaney 15th, Ty Dillon 18th. He's not really notable. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of how I feel as well. Yeah, whatever. I'm I'm done with Daytona. Are you done with Daytona? Yeah. Yeah. Great. This this is this is what's sad too is, you know, for a lot of the years of my life, you know, that was like my family vacations. I look so forward to going to, um, to Daytona. You know, it, it was. It's sad that it's turned into what it has, and that the races are kind of just a disaster at these super speedways before you know you got to see some really good racing you got to see some strategy here and there and now it's just turned into a basically pushing until that person either wreck spins out or you know is just lucky enough to hold on to it to to you know get out in front type of deal yeah all right. Well, I guess before we move on from Cup and on to next week, let's uh, let's just go over the playoff standings here real quick. We'll show it to you. Um, no real surprise. We all knew that Chase Elliott was sitting on a pot of gold pretty much with those bonus points. So he is your leader into uh, the playoffs here. And as long as he has a pretty solid playoffs, he's I would argue he's probably a guarantee for the final four. Should nothing go wrong, but of course anything can go wrong. So, um, just come on, Austin Dillon, knock him out. Please don't. We need, don't we need real, us. we need real change, Justin. I, I don't want it to be Austin Dillon. I, I'd real rather change. No real change. Only way. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not really nothing really to go over here. Cause it's all going to be, lottery pretty much so um there's your standings and uh michael i don't know if you have any more to add to this i really don't but um yeah i just wanted to get it out there the uh the standings and how they're all gonna line up here yeah no um yeah i i want to get off this weekend and forget about it fair enough well there's your standings um before we move on do have a little bit of news here pull it up um so we'll start off here with arguably probably the biggest one um, and one that not many people of any saw coming. Um, 2311 made the decision to change numbers this weekend. So Bubba Wallace will be going into the 45. Ty Gibbs will be going into the 23 and subsequently Kurt Busch if he ever returns. That was indeed confirmed by Denny Hamlin this weekend or today. So um yeah, this was a just purely a change for owner standings. Um, the 45 is still in the owner's points. Um, the 12 is not, for those of you who were not aware. So the 20 or the 12 cannot go for the owner's championship this year, but the 45 can. So keep that in mind. Not that that really matters to any of you, but um, for you stat nerds out there, I guess, that care about that thing, there you go. Um, so it's going to be an interesting change, but um, ultimately I do think it was the right change. Michael, we kind of discussed this, so I'll get your opinion on it. Arguably best to get your more experienced guy in that car for, um, you know, getting yourself 
the best chance you can at an owner's championship. Not that I really think that anything is going to happen with that, but I mean, any spots that you can make up at that point is going to be best for the company. So it, it makes sense in my book. Yeah. Um, you know, company wise as a business, I, I think it's a, yeah, you know, it's a good decision. I, I, I get that. Um, but I think as a, as like a brand thing, it kind of hurts. I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know how you go to sponsors and say, "Hey, you're not going to be on the 23 car. You're going to be on the 45." Yeah, I don't know if that that's a big deal for them. What part of you know what's what's in the contracts or you know all the OKs that they got to go through. But um, ultimately, I, I don't think it's really that big of a deal. Uh, just no. kind of a a strange thing. And I brought up earlier that have been that have been like saying, uh, you know, that you know, Truex is going to drive. I don't know the the 20, you know, you know, type type of deal in, uh, in the playoffs cause he didn't make it or, or, you know, something similar. Um, you know, he's going to drive the Ricker racing 51, but you know, I very, just kind of odd. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, you got to do what's best for the business and that's what Denny and uh, MJ are doing. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, this is quite simply just a number change, all the teams and stuff like that. Crew chiefs, they're all going to stay the same. So Nothing big happening with that. Um, so, yeah, no uh, huge thing there. Um, but with the playoffs starting and only one rookie being in the playoffs, it's going to be Austin Sindrick, your 2022 Rookie of the Year. If you did not know, that is also based on playoffs. So um, if there was a driver that made it into the playoffs and he was a rookie, like this season, um, that's how the the Rookie of the Year would be decided. So... Um, I don't like that. I don't either, but what are you going to do? It's just another thing to add to the complaint list at that point, I guess. That's true. Um, News from, or for this weekend at Darlington, Denny Hamlin was scheduled to be in the 18 uh, sports clips car. Uh, That is now going to be Christopher Bell due to soreness from this wreck. So just another point of concern with that. Um, It seems like it's been getting better every day for him, but ultimately wanted to focus on the uh, the cup race, so makes sense with that. Um, and then the news I was the most excited for when I saw it was going to be announced on Friday, I was absolutely pumped for this. Uh, the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series is returning in 2023, so going back to our roots with that, um, absolutely loved it because that's pretty much when I fell in love with the Truck Series is when they, um, when they left in 2008, that battle between Ron Hornaday and Johnny Benson was one of the best that I had seen. So um, the fact that they're back, um, it just it rolls off the tongue. And at your old you old timers, it's probably what you call it anyways. So now it's going to be okay for you to call it that. And uh, I'm Except just so they need happy to be called this. They need to call it the Super Trucks Super Truck Series. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, I'm, I'm all right with it. But um, yeah, I'm excited that that's back. The Craftsman Truck Series is back yeah um and then uh news coming out of cup series for this week uh, with the start of the playoffs coming nascar is actually going to increase the damage vehicle policy clock uh for the playoffs from six minutes to ten i thought it was five but just get rid of it uh, yeah i especially with with these cars now i think it's just stupid if you want to if you want to lose 10 laps fixing your car I miss, I miss when they used to get fenders, <laughs> you know, from behind the pit wall and put some duct tape on there and then the thing will go run 10th. Yep. Um, and I mean, to a fault, I kind of understand why they put it in place, but I mean, well, yeah, because car, points it doesn't, don't matter. 
Yeah. But points don't matter. Before the only reason teams did it before was for points. Points don't matter, so yeah, nobody cares. I guess at this point, you know. But yeah, so just just a little bit of news. The one thing that will help do a lot though is it will help them repair toe links. Even though I gotta say, uh, I I don't remember who whose car it was. I think it was Bla- it was Ryan Blaney's. Like I don't know if you saw the right front of that thing. That thing was broken. Like that was garage written all over it. And those guys were able to change the toe link. And I think they only lost uh, like one lap and then lost the rest because the car was slow. But extremely, extremely impressive how fast those Penske guys can change toe links. And I got to say, I think the reason they're so fast is because of their practice with the toe links uh, in IndyCar. Um, I'm curious to see if they have a quick release program. Uh maybe other teams don't have or other teams are going to implement, but that's twice now that we have seen a Penske car change a toe link and only lose one lap. Um, or if you go back to Joey Logano, I don't think he lost a lap. So super, super impressive. Uh, but that will help out those teams that are trying to do those and those minor repairs. Uh, because like it was brought up in the race on Sunday, uh, with these cars, with the car's new body, it is harder to repair um in the same amount of time as it was the steel body or to cut up to clear uh you know tire rubs and things like that so uh again i i agree they should get rid of it but i think that if you're going to increase it to 10 you might as well just keep it 10 for their whole season why does it matter if it's six minutes uh yesterday and 10 minutes today uh i don't know what's your opinion on that is just another than just to get rid of it just just get rid of it. It really doesn't matter with this car, this new car. Like you're not going to be able to put new fenders on it anyways. So it's like what's the point? I mean, I I get that you don't want broken cars going back out on the racetrack, but I mean I feel like with this new car, if it's broken enough to a point, you're not going to be able to repair it anyways. So you might as well just get rid of it. There's no point. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing with um, the lug nut thing and the suspensions. Like there are a few outdated rules that I think you need to get rid of. That's I feel like that's part of it at this point. It made sense with the old car. I don't think it makes as much sense with the new car. All right, yeah, no, absolutely not. Uh, and one thing that I think we'll see a lot, a lot more drivers do maybe come next year, uh, and uh, some I think that we will see maybe in the few near future. Um, Daniel Suarez re-signs with Trackhouse for a one-year extension. Um, he signed a one-year deal to see how the new TV deal will work out. I think there's a certain uh, two-time champion that should do something similar um, to see how that all turns out. Um, but I think the new TV, I think the new TV deal. Um, I think with the people pushing the buttons, um, especially with, I love. I, I told somebody this earlier. I love team owner Denny Hamlin I think he is fantastic for the sport right now he's extremely vocal um and what can make him so vocal right now is because his team is so popular right and his team owner as a bank you know he has he has money and he is willing to invest that money back into our sport Right, but it's going to be on his agreeable terms. I think you and I both, you know, understood that when him and uh, when MJ and Denny were like, we're not going to invest in our new building. We bought the land, but we're not going to invest in the new building until we see this new TV deal, right? And I think that 
only somebody that has the stature of Michael Jordan uh, can honestly do that. I, I don't know if that's how you feel, 100%. but I but I'm hoping that, like I said earlier, I hope this TV deal changes a lot of things. I hope that the sponsorship model changes because we cannot continue to go on like this. Uh, I'm not saying that Daniel Suarez is a top series, top top tier Cup Series driver. Uh, you know, finally got his first one. Has been running really well. I think he has potential to to be a you know a good Cup Series driver um, at the end of his career. However, somebody like him should not have to be waiting on a TV deal to sign in a a you know a future contract. Um, as well as you know, somebody of the stature of of Kyle Busch, not having a sponsor because it costs too much money. Um, yeah, these teams fork out a lot of money. You know, you I don't know if you brought it up earlier or not, but it costs the teams uh, what four million dollars collectively. Right, uh, that number seems extremely small for the amount of damage we saw. I know four million dollars is a lot of money, but it still seems small. But still, that's four million dollars on a weekend. These teams aren't getting that four million dollars back from the TV deal from NASCAR or anything like that, right? That's just four million dollars that's just thrown out the drain. These teams cannot survive on that. So, uh, I like what Daniel is doing here. I think this is a good idea. I think it puts him and Trackhouse in the driver's seat when it comes to looking for new sponsorship deals later on down the road. And like I said, there's there's certain people that's on the grid right now that I think need to start taking a, a good hard look at the way that the model will be changing. Because, like I said, I guarantee you with somebody that has the backing of uh, 2311, they will have some serious pull. Um, you know, and especially if he gets people like Rick Hendrick behind him, um, you know, gets a like of RCR behind him. If he can, if they can rally the troops, it's going to be a, a pretty big, pretty big battle between uh, all the teams in NASCAR to see how this TV deal goes, which I think is extremely needed. We've seen it in sports the past couple of years with all the holdouts and lockouts, which I don't think any of us really, really want to see. Uh, but I think ultimately it has improved the product um, on the field and on the diamond. Uh, and in other, in other news, well, Greg Eyes is stepping away at the end of the year in the 48 car. Uh, you know, to be with his family, he's taking a new role in Hendrick Motorsports, which I believe uh, will be announced later on uh good for him um i can certainly understand wanting to be home with your family and your kids uh i think that him and really uh alex bowman kind of ran their course i think alex is in need of a new crew chief because i find it hard to believe that again kind of the same thing as daniel I, i'm not saying that alex bowman is a top tier talent but when the other 300 cars consistently run the top 10 and the 48 car struggles to run 20th or 15th every week. I honestly don't think that is all Alex Bowman. Um, and then the Garage 56 car made its first appearance uh, with Mike Rockefeller at Road Atlanta this week. Um, pretty cool, you know, pretty cool deal that's going on. Uh, the one thing they did not install yet is permanent headlights. I know that is a lot one of people were looking. Me off. Yeah, that were that were looking forward to that. Um, I, I will say that it is kind of odd being okay with that Chevy being pushed out with uh, with Hendrick crew shirts on. Uh, I think I was kind of thinking about it the other day. I think if NASCAR was going to do this, I honestly don't. I think that Action Express would have been a better way to do this and have them fully support it rather than it 
being a Hendrick ran uh, thing, because I think that's ultimately in the NASCAR world. I think it's going to ultimately overshadow the perception of what this can do for our our side of, of the uh, motorsports world uh, with a lot of people that are going to say, oh, you know, these guys are winning all these road course races because, you know, they're out here testing an exact, you know, exact car that they're going to race, uh, you know, here at the Roval in a couple of weeks type of deal. Um, that's still the part that kind of throws me is I think it NASCAR has all those test cars could have easily rigged one of those up, um, you know, type of deal and, and, and sent that over there for the show. So uh, that's my only stripe, uh, you know, gripe about that. But again, extremely cool. I'm excited for it to go to Lamar. I have my dream lineup in my head. Um, I don't know if you have yours or not, but uh, I think my lineup would be pretty cool. Whether it's going to happen or not, I doubt it. Uh, but I still think it'd be pretty neat. I do not have my dream lineup yet. I know that Jeff Gordon's probably going to be a part of it. That's about all I know. I don't know if you saw, they released the uh, the picture of the Porsche that he's going to be driving at Indy this week. I'll see if I can pull that up and we can show that off. It's, uh, oh. I mean, it's it's a HendrickCars.com sponsored Porsche with the number 24 on it with the exact Hendrick font. So, I mean, I don't know what else we were expecting, but there you go. Yeah, right. I think uh yeah, I think that it's gonna be a cool, cool duel. I I almost think that I think it would be pretty cool if none of the current NASCAR drivers actually went over there, to be honest with you. Um I think that there's a pretty there you have pretty cool lineups that are out there that would be pretty that would be neat an opportunity to do that. Um and I think would maybe deserve it a little bit more to be the first one rather than a, a current cup series driver. And here you go real quick, we'll show off the uh the Porsche. Uh, again, I don't uh, I don't know what we were expecting, but yeah, HendrickCars.com, Hendrick Porsche, 24 on it. Perfect recipe. And Ray Evernham's going to be the, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, he's going to be working on it. He's not going to be the crew chief. I don't know what the term is in sports car, but it's going to be the head race engineer. engineer. Maybe. I don't know. There you go. Race yeah, race engineer. engineer. I, yeah, I'm, not, uh, I'm not as cultured as... Or strategist. Player. Race engineer, strategist. Whatever floats your boat. Yeah, you, you gotta get cultured, my man. I guess so. Yeah, I'm telling you, you gotta get F1 2022 manager. You gotta help you out a lot. Again, I've already I'm told gonna... you, I, I couldn't even understand motorsports <sighs> manager, so I'm a little bit far, far behind. All right, let's let's uh, let's get into this week's stuff here real quick, because, I mean, we're going from whatever we had this week to, uh, I'd like to say, a real racetrack, but, I mean... From what we saw last year, think, or last um, time we were here. Well, yeah, that, yeah, that was silly. Yeah, we saw a lot of replays of it today. That's for sure. I bet, and I'm sure they're going to be advertising it. You know, all throughout this weekend, what we saw last time. So let's uh, let's get into it. I guess all times in Eastern Standard Time. It all starts on Saturday. Nothing going on on Friday. So again, you get that day off if you're into that sort of thing. 8 a.m. going to be the OSS inspection. You can catch that on NASCAR.com or on uh, NASCAR's YouTube page. Again, they usually stream it there. Um, 8.30, going to be a press pass with Alan Gustafson. I assume they're just going to be talking about the playoffs unless he's announcing retirement too or a step up in Hendrick. Who knows? Um, I don't see that happening, but... Uh, and then another one at 9.15 with Ross Chastain. They're going to ask him a bunch of questions about, hey, the playoffs will started now. Are you worried about people going to be paying you back? So 
If you're yeah, they ask fucking everybody else. <laughs> I'm a hundred, a thousand percent. They're going to be asking him about that. That's probably going to be every question, and he's probably going to give you a, a dumb face and an answer to it. So, um, ten o five a.m. and I'm not comp- it's, he doesn't have a dumb face. I'm saying he's probably going to give like some sort of weird facial expression. Uh, anyways, 10.05, going to be practice for the Xfinity series. You can watch that on only the NBC app. Great. Uh, 10.30, going to be a press pass with Austin Dillon, Joey Logano, and Chase Elliott. Five we minutes. We got one week on Peacock, and it didn't even air. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, that's funny. I'm five. laughing at I'm laughing at your expense. That's all right. It's been pretty good this week. Once football season starts, that's when the problem is going to start. So I, uh, I'm not looking forward to that. But five minutes after that press pass, that's going to be a really short press pass. Uh, going to be qualifying for the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Catch it again, only on the NBC Sports app. Uh, and then a little bit later, 10.05, the TV coverage is apparently not going to air until 12.30. I don't know what the hell they got going on in USA that day. What do they got, like a Law & Order marathon going on or something? Uh, I college football. I, did that move to USA, too? I don't know. I was just taking a stab at it. I mean, you're probably right. They love their football. but um, So I guess you can call it 12.30, 12.05 if you have the app. Practice for the E-Cup series. Catch it on USA at 12.30. Before that, catch it on the app. Uh, that's apparent. Okay, no, that's going to be a pretty good practice session. 12.50, uh, going to be qualifying. Catch it on USA. Uh, watch it on the app. Listen to it on MRN. And then 3 p.m. going to be the sports clips, haircuts, VFW, help a hero 200. Man, what a mouthful that is. Or watch it on USA or the app. Listen to it on MRN or SiriusXM. And then there's going to be a post-race press pass after that. Sunday at 3 p.m. going to be a press pass with Terry Labonte. I don't know why we're talking to him, but we are. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, why? Why not? Because I don't know why he's relevant at this point. But whoa, I was going to say, I'm sure. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? 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 Whoa, that's harsh for my man. Damn. Relevant. It's the playoffs and it's Terry Labonte. What does he have to do with this? That's, that's all I'm saying. I'm not shitting on Terry Labonte. I'm just saying we're starting the playoffs. Why are we talking to Terry Labonte? It's not the throwback uh, weekend yeah. either. No, uh, it's probably just because it's Darlington. Um, yeah, I know. He won his first race and his last race at Darlington was relatively pretty good there, so that's, that would be my guess. I wasn't shitting on your driver. I was just genuinely curious why we were talking to Terry Labonte. Yeah, all, all, that, all that hate, I felt it. There was no hate there. There was no hate there. <laughs> uh, so an hour after that, we're going to be talking to Don Staley. Do you know who Don Staley is? find out i didn't want to define all right well i guess we'll find that out later um there's no search like on google but uh 6 p.m gonna be the cookout southern 500 watch it on usa nbc sports listen to it on mrn and sirius xm why is the southern 500 not on big nbc i feel like that'd be uh that's one of your crown jewels fascinating i don't like nascar carries about crown jewels whatever post-race pest pass after that great all right let's get into uh the entry list here start out with xfinity michael you want to pick first 
there are some big names in this race this weekend. Um, I try to avoid picking cup drivers uh, in the Xfinity series races, so I'm going to continue going to continue on that trend. Um, and I am gonna, man, Justin Allgaier has been so good there recently. Um, but I'm actually going to go with the eight car of Josh Berry. You finally did it. You stole it from under me. Did I? <laughs> Well, you know what? Since you're going Barry, I will pick the guy that you mentioned with Josh or uh, Justin Allgaier. So, yeah, I think I think it's a toss up. I think both those guys are pretty good. The last time we were there, uh, I think Noah will be good, but it's hard to it's it's honestly it's hard to bet against Larson in the 17 at one of his better racetracks. Then you got Ross in the 48, uh, and then Christopher Bell back in the Xfinity Series in the 18. So, um. I will definitely. I think it'll be a pretty good race, especially on a worn out racetrack. Uh, I hate. I kind of hate that it's. I kind of hate that it's during the day, um, but man, it it does it does produce some good better some good racing during the day in that sun. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, that'll do it for Xfinity. Let's go into the Cup Series. And, Michael, I will once again let you pick first. Hmm. Uh, what? Um, just real quick, uh, look at the sponsors and then go to the 23 and the 45. Ah, yes, they didn't uh, switch those. But they are switching it, right? They're not. They Yeah, they definitely okay. are, yes. Uh, they um, already actually, Root Insurance actually already revealed their scheme for this week with the number 45 oh, okay. on it. So, yeah, it's already confirmed. Oh, cool. Um, I'm going to do something that I haven't done in a while. Uh, I think he'll announce where he's going next week. And I think he'll be, and I think he'll do that by winning the first race of the playoffs. So, I'm going to go with my man, Rowdy Bush. It's time for a turnaround. Hope you don't jinx him. Well, let's see. I haven't picked him for like four months, and he had the worst stretch ever. So I can't. I can't honestly think it could be worse. I really just don't. I mean, the guy didn't have a top ten for like seven weeks, eight weeks. So have to wait and see. But yeah, it does sound like that announced. We haven't really talked about it because we beat the everybody's beating the horse to death. But uh, Bob asked him some questions today, and we got a lot of information out of him. So. Um, should uh, hear something in the next week or two from what we've heard. So, um, well, you're picking one Kyle. I'm going to pick the other one. I already had it written down. So I think Kyle Larson going to get the win. I I think it's going to be one of the Hendrick drivers just based off the speed they had last time. But, I mean, these 10 races, I feel like, just going to be a lottery anyways. So um, I have to wait and see. But my money is on young money. And I think, I think that is, I think that is a solid pick. Um, we do have to remember that both the five and the eighteen were both really good uh, before they had their separate incidents. And uh, I can't remember when we raced their March, whenever it was. Um, or something, I think I don't know. Yeah, 
when we raced there Actually, uh, no, it was earlier in this it was Mother's Day weekend. You're right. You were 100% correct. Um, they were both really, really good. Uh, I believe that they were both running top three uh, when they had their separate incidents. So I look, I look to them being extremely good this week, um, as well as Denny Hamlin. Uh, and I think you have a few outliers here and there. Um, definitely, it definitely will be an interesting race. Um, I love that it is the first race of the playoffs. It gives us a little bit of everything. Plus, man, who who doesn't love Darlington? I mean, I love Darlington, but in this new car, I uh, I, I don't know. I I did some sim. I, obviously, it's i racing, so take it with a grain of salt. But I did some racing in there last night. It is difficult. And, uh, it's very difficult. It, the car does this fun thing where it stops turning sometimes, and then you just can't recover. So it's pretty cool. Oh yeah, that does that. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's gonna do it at least for uh, for for this week. Uh, Michael, we got some. I I know for a fact we got some other series racing this week. What do you got for us? Um. So I don't know if you actually got up for Spa. Uh, I mean, I was weekend. up for Daytona, so I I could have watched it, but that's good. You just chose you'll be happy to know. So. You'll be happy to it's know okay. that I did wake up at seven a.m. for the Cup race. So, but I think seven a.m. Why? Because that's what time it was on. It started at oh, ten a.m. Oh yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. I'm 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 over here in Eastern World. Um, we we're we're great when it comes to late night stuff, but when it comes to the early morning stuff, early, we're absolutely yeah. screwed. Wasn't it on? At the, real question. Wasn't it on at the same like about the same time? About six seven o'clock. Uh yeah, it was on at nine a.m. Um, Eastern, so it'd have been six a.m. Okay. your time. Uh, yeah. But uh, Spa will be on the twenty twenty three schedule. It was confirmed. Um, race was a little lackluster, to be honest with you. So kind of let down on that. But F one will be back again this weekend at the Circuit Zandvoort, which is the Dutch Grand Prix, which is Max Verstappen's home Grand Prix. And that is on September 4th at 9 a.m. Eastern. So again, 6 a.m. your time over there in the Pacific world. So there's no excuse that you can't watch it. Seems like you got up at 7 for the NASCAR race. That was a special occasion. That was one where... I was expecting a, a Saturday night race, and then it turned into a 7 a.m. race. So I was, uh, I had to very quickly turn around my sleep schedule. Jesus, <laughs> um, that will be. I, I will say, I was not ready for that start time. That uh, no. that took me very much by surprise. I mean, I'm glad that they chose to do it. I guess because it gave us a lot of time throughout the day in case rain came. But which anyways, is probably we're... why, which is probably why they did it. Yeah. Anyways, we're done with NASCAR. Go ahead. Um, MotoGP uh, is back again this weekend as well. They That race is on uh, September 4th, 8 a.m. Eastern. Uh, so I see that was a little later for you. You can, you can watch that one. You know. You just said 8 a.m. Eastern, though. Yeah. That's 5 in the morning. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying, though. You can watch them in succession. You can watch MotoGP. Then you can watch F1. Right, right. I'm just I'm building your weekend schedule for you. You're underestimating what I do on my Saturday nights. Uh, they I go crazy, at, but they will be at Misano World Circuit. Marco Simoncelli. Uh, I love MotoGP. Those guys are uh, insane, crazy. Um, it's you'd have to d- deep dive into how much horsepower those bikes have and all the technology. 
they have the they have uh, what's called a ride uh, ride height device that they're uh, uh, sorry a hole shot device which are able to lower the rear end uh, for the starts and you can see it like go down motorized when they line up and then they also use that um, as well coming uh, out of the corners. One cool interesting fact about MotoGP is that a lot of it is computerized even a lot more than what uh, Formula One would be. So, you know, on a throttle, you have zero to 100, you know, you have a scale. Well, with the settings that you can do on a MotoGP bike, one corner, right, 100% throttle by the human may only uh, be 60% throttle in the computer so you don't spin up the rear tires. And then the, the rider has to adjust that throughout the weekend to fit how he wants it to be um, and wh which tire he wants that to be on, soft, hard, and medium. So uh, that is an interesting, cool fact that I found out recently just by watching it. Uh, but those things are extremely technology advanced for just being motorcycles. So definitely worth a watch. Then back over on the United States side of things, we have IndyCar at the Grand Prix of Portland. Half the field will wreck in turn one, and then it will probably be a snooze fest after that. Uh, but that is at September 4th, also 3 p.m. Eastern. So again, we're building Justin's schedule for a full day of racing. Well, that which, one I'll definitely be watching. So, Which, will, well, at least they're finally not on this at the same time. Yeah. Thank goodness. Glad we uh, finally looked at a schedule and decided, hey, maybe we shouldn't do that. Yeah, you know. Um, Over under, yeah, by the way, I, does Jimmy Johnson get involved in the turn one wreck? I, I, that's even if he's close enough. Too harsh? No. <laughs> it's been very uh, well documented. He's not good on anything uh, but an oval. I love that man to death, but man. It's, I had uh, some it's tie hopes, and man, yeah. Uh, that is pretty much it for you know, the big series of motorsports that, uh, you know, are basically name brand. I hope people that got to watch the racetrack revival at Northworks world enjoyed the hell out of it. It looked like a fantastic crowd. The racing was absolutely incredible. I think we, I think we got to see a setting to see how good Dale Earnhardt Jr. Is, um, hopping back in a car, a series that he hasn't been in. And what was, I think it was like 24 24 years or something like that. So extremely impressive to come home where he did. Um, but yeah, a uh, bunch of racing this weekend. Hop on, watch it, fill your day with it. Um, we'll eventually get Justin up at 6 a.m. to watch something. And just really quickly, I want to go back to that uh, North Wilkesboro thing. I think it was just absolutely awesome just to see the pure joy on Dale's face in general just the whole weekend. That man absolutely loved everything about that, and it was great to see. I mean, he worked really hard to get that back going. Again, North Wilkesboro in general, from when they went there to tear, out, tear down all the weeds to get a scan for iRacing to just everything in general that happened with that track. I had a little bit of a fear that it was going to turn into another Rockingham situation. That fear has been very quickly thrown out the window in my mind. That track is going to succeed. It's going to be great, I think, once they repave it. Um, I am looking forward to the dirt stuff, too, that they're going to have on that. That's going to be really fun to see. Um, and then once they repave it, it sounds like they're going to be doing some renovations to the track as well to kind of modernize it a little bit. So that track has a very bright future, um, and that's not something that I think any of us thought that we would be saying that North Wilkesboro has a bright future. But, uh, man, it's happened, and um, I think everybody is 
over the moon that it actually happened that we have it back. So myself included, Definitely I never, it, yeah, yeah, I never got to watch any racing there until just now. So um, happy it's back for both nostalgia and future purposes, and looking forward to seeing what that racetrack can do in the future. Yeah, um, I'm actually against repaving it at this point. I know it needs to be repaved, um, but that track surface looks like it is extremely fun. Um, it performed extremely well with those um, cars towards late models there. So um, it'd be nice, I think, to get a truck series race there here in the near future. Um, get some cup, you know, get some cup guys maybe entered into that. I think you'd see a, a, a pretty cool entry list uh, if we went back to North Wilkesboro, maybe even a surprise visit by some past drivers. Um, but I have high hopes for North Wilkesboro, especially if Dale Jr. continues to back it. Um, the way that he has, which I do not, I do not see that, that, you know, that stopping anytime soon. So uh, yeah, it, it was cool to see. Glad I got to watch a little bit of it uh, with an illegal, uh, illegal live stream on YouTube. Uh, and hopefully we get I, to see some more. I also tried to find one and apparently one just popped up into his recommended. So I searched yeah. for a good 30 minutes for one and <laughs> one was just handed to him. So the duality. Yeah, you win some, you lose some, you know? I, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. All right. Well, good stuff. Michael, you got anything left? I'm all I'm all good. You got anything? No, I think uh I think we've gotten our rant and raves out for for the night and you know, kind of start this new feel a lot week. better. Yeah, you know, we'll start this week off fresh here, uh going into the first round of the playoffs. I have high expectations uh of how these playoffs will go. Um, I'm not sure that we will see the parity that we saw in the regular season, uh, but I think that is kind of to be expected. I think all these teams will find will pull out everything that they have learned throughout the year um, into this one singular, um, you know, race here. So I think we'll have a good indication on who's going to be extremely, extremely good, uh, and then who has some catching up to do later on. For sure. It's uh, it's for sure go time now, so you're going to see the, the best teams that learned all they could in the regular season rise to the top for sure, I feel, barring any unforeseen circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. But, um, Justin, if you don't have anything else, then I will go ahead and sign us off for the night. Take us home, sir. As always, thank you guys so much for listening and now watching the 500 Mile Podcast. We certainly do appreciate it. Uh, Justin puts in a lot of hard work behind the scenes, uh, you know, to bring you the podcast and now bring you the, uh, you know, the stream as well. So we will see you next week. Um, hopefully we'll, like I said, we'll get back onto regular scheduled time. I feel like Thursday has kind of become that time uh, over the past few weeks, but I, I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see some good racing. Uh, the Xfinity Series race at Darlington always seems to put on a good show, especially when you put some cup drivers in the mix. Uh, you know, and it seems like a lot of the times we see the Xfinity guys kind of take it to the cup guys at Darlington. Um, first race of the playoffs for the cup series is going to be a good one, so you're definitely going to want to tune in. A lot of racing action. But as far as that concerned, it is time for me to go to sleep. It is time for uh, Justin to you know, get some nice fresh air. <laughs> he knows it's what hot. I'm talking about. <laughs> it's hot. It's been, uh, this, we had a heat wave here on the West coast, California in general. And, um, the only air conditioner I have in my apartment is in the living room. So I've, uh, 
which you may have been able to hear some fans, but um, I'm making do. So it's uh, it's been tough. We're we're trying our best. He's over there. He's over there, literally, you know, sweating tears over here to produce this for us. Quite, so. quite literally. <laughs> so please, um, if you watch, please like uh, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It goes a long way. Leave your comments on things that we can improve and things that we can do better. And if you liked it, if you don't like it, we got tough skin, um, you know, and we're hoping to make this a long-term thing. So uh, any feedback we get is extremely welcome. Um, and we're ultimately just here to have fun. So on that note, have a fantastic weekend. Have a fantastic holiday. Be safe. Please nobody hold a firecracker or any type of explosive in your hand. Let's, you know, break the trend of losing fingers on holidays. Um, that or involve like fireworks inside. or light them inside or light them next to your Dodge Caravan that has uh, 500 fireworks inside of it. So let's avoid all those things. Be safe. Have fun. And we will talk to you uh, sometime next week. We'll catch you later. Bye.